GM, GM everybody, welcome back to the PPC Mastery Podcast. Today, we have a really nice topic and it is how to prioritize work throughout your week or specifically optimizations. So let's just dive in, man, because you're working on something really cool, optimization checklist. Like maybe just briefly introduce like that. What, what, are you, what are you building right now? I think it's because it's going to be really, really cool. It's going to be epic. <laughs> At least that's what, what we think. So what are we building? We are building a really extensive, detailed optimization checklist that is covering all of the different campaign types from search to performance max to video for action campaigns. It is telling you what things to monitor, what checks to perform, but also what kind of optimizations you can do or should do, or at least take a look at, what frequency is applicable to the checks and the optimizations, and what the potential impact of these checks and optimizations could be. So this is a really, well, a sort of master document that you can use to, to plan optimizations, experiments, monitoring slash checks across your work week for all of your different clients, if you work for different clients at least. Yeah. So it's going to be a kick-ass document with I've a lot of rows, a lot of checks. Yep. So it's going to be epic. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen V1 and it's already like now what it is now it's already so good but can't wait until we to fi- until we finish it so yeah. in the in the realm of optimization can you maybe define what you think optimization means in the context of google ads and what are the categories that apply within that optimization structure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so i think when people are mentioning optimizations they also mean monitoring and performing checks checking performance performances week on week month on month checking performances for different segments like location devices audiences keyword segments etc it is not solely just optimizations optimizations it's also checks monitoring and experimentation as well and i think all of that is part of the the category optimization when we talk about optimization so basically we have three overarching optimization categories at least that's how i view view it and how i look at things number one those are the regular monitoring checks and regular optimizations so these are the things that come back every single week every single two weeks every single month and every single quarter so the regular stuff like keywords adding keywords going through your search and report excluding negatives optimizing your your ads assets experimenting with well optimizing your campaign structure so these are all your regular optimization checks then we have number two and these are your one-off high impact improvements or potentially high impact improvements and these are often the bigger one-off tasks like implementing specific advanced conversion tracking features that you haven't implemented before but are on your to-do list on your backlog So that's number two. And then number three, we have the experiments. So next to your regular optimizations, going through your search and report, excluding negatives, et cetera, et cetera. You also have a experiment bucket where you have to continuously work on in order to bring your account to a higher level and look for ways to drastically improve performance. For example, finding offers, experimenting with different RSA assets, experimenting with different final URLs in order to improve conversion rates. So these are not regular 
optimizations, these are always different and they should be prioritized differently. So that's the core overarching yeah. view. I think that's yeah. I think it's interesting view because I think a lot of people struggle with the with the experimentation side and running solid experiments. And I think we'll we'll get to that in a second. So since there is always so much so much that you can do at the same mm -hmm. time, how do you prioritize your optimization? So how do you allocate your time in your week? Do you use any systems to keep track of your optimization of the of the progress? And how do you communicate the importance of prioritization to your stakeholders? Any thoughts there? Yeah, so we're talking regular optimizations over here. So these are the yeah. things that are returning every single, over a single time period, weekly, biweekly, monthly, quarterly. So I have built a extensive Google Sheet for myself in the past that I use for all of my clients that I'm refining right now in order to use as a PPC Mastery product. but. I keep track of all of my regular optimizations inside of basically a big, big Google Sheet that is tailored towards every single client. So the frequency and the potentially potential impact of certain optimizations is different for every single client. So if you have a client that's doing 1,000 euros per month in terms of spend, you need a lot of data in order to optimize your ads, for example, or go through your search and report because you need a lot of data in order to find a lot of irrelevant search terms. So the frequency can be lower in comparison to a client that is doing 50,000 euros a month in terms of spend because you have way more volumes over there and the potential impact of specific optimizations can wildly differ. So basically I use the same document but with the same regular optimizations, but then I tailor the frequency and impact per client. I keep track of the optimization date inside of that document as well. So it's easy for me mm. to see when the last time when the when the last time was that i performed mm -hmm. a certain optimization so i can yeah. look back in the document to see hey this is something i did two months ago i need to perform this check or this optimization every quarter mm -hmm. so next month i have to prioritize this over a specific other optimization inside of the checklist yeah so that's how i keep track of the regular optimizations then we have the other two categories as well so we have can I just quickly uh, ask? Yeah, so um, sure. about that, you, you add the, the date to the sheet. Mm -hmm. That's really solid. Yep. Do you usually yep. work from that spreadsheet or do you also use a project management tool like a Notion, Trello, Asana, etc.? For the regular optimizations and checks, I use the Google Sheet. I've tried experimenting with a project, project management tool like Asana for this in the past. Mm -hmm. But since there are so many checks and yeah. so many optimizations per campaign type per subcategory, like ads, assets, campaign structure, keywords, search terms, it is becoming wildly, well, uh, unmanageable. messy, yeah. unmanageable if you, if, you, if you try to put this in a project management tool. Yeah. And if you try to add, well, due dates to all of the tasks, it just, be becomes, a re just becomes a mess because sometimes you need to shift and prioritize some optimizations over others as well and it is really hard to keep track of all of these separate tasks if you mm -hmm. manage more than one client if you have just one account i think 
it is good for your overview to use a, a project management tool for this. But if you manage multiple clients and yeah. you were to incorporate all of these single optimizations, which are more than 200, mm-hmm. I think, I think easily more than 300, then you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. And in the, in one of the previous episodes, you 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 thought of, uh, you said something that Dickie Bush often often says about the project management tools, right? Can you repeat that? Yeah. So if a lot of times project management tools can be a distraction of actually doing the work because people people try to build the perfect productivity system, and I tried to do that in the past as well. But then in the end, I was spending more time in the tool like Asana or Notion than actually doing the task. So yeah. you need to think to yourself, like if you have a good productivity system and it works for you, then by all means. But if you are trying to keep it perfect, then you're probably just distracting yourself and running away from the task it is actually important so if that's the case and that's so true for this specific part so for regular optimizations and checks i do not use a a project management tool uh, for exactly that reason but for the other for the other regions experimentation and uh, one-off high impact improvements Mm. i do use a project management tool i do use notion for that specific part yeah Okay, cool. So when it comes to the experiments, which is the, the second part of it, how do you prioritize those? Because in the, in the masterclass, we also have a lot of experiments that we showed. There was the everybody's favorite workshop all the time or uh, mm-hmm. during every masterclass. But how do you prioritize your experiments and how much time do you allocate to those versus the regular optimizations? Yeah, so I like to use a really simple framework a model to help me with the prioritization of experiments. And that's called the ICE scoring model. The I stands for impact, the potential impact. The C stands for confidence. So how sure am I that this will actually perform well? And the E stands for ease. So how easy is it to set up? Mm -hmm. And those three combined actually give you a score. So I tend to use a score ranging from one to 10 for every single metric impact confidence ease and just add up all of the scores combined and i just start with the experiment that that has the highest score because something that you think has a great impact that you're really confident about and that is really easy to set up well those are the experiments you need to start off with right if you have a experiment idea that has a potential high impact, a high confidence rate, but is really difficult to set up, mm-hmm. then you have to deprioritize that over the ones that are really easy to set up. So that's a really simple framework to use, at least that I like to use to mm-hmm. prioritize my experiments. Yeah. So I basically have one big bucket of all of my experiments ideas per client. I add them inside of just one big experiment backlog and then use this prioritization model in order to to prioritize where to begin with. And when it comes to the time allocation, how much spend how much time do you spend between the experiments versus the regular optimizations? Yeah, good question. So, I always try to find a good balance between the regular optimizations and the experiments within an account. Generally, I try to allocate as much as time needed within the available hours per client for regular optimizations and checks. So I do not want to skip all of the important regular work and all of the time that is left, I try to allocate towards one-off 
high impact improvements or experiments. And generally, I think gut feeling wise, I spend 70% of my time towards regular optimizations mm-hmm. and 30%, maybe up to 40% towards one-off improvements and experiments. That's, and that's how I try to allocate my, my time per mm-hmm. client. But it, it differs, it differs per client because some accounts are really mature and all of the regular optimizations have already been performed in the past. So mm-hmm. I have one client that is with me for se- seven years already. And <laughs> if I check the search term report, uh, <laughs> the, the, the search terms are so, so relevant mm-hmm. and they're converting so good that I almost do not have any work to do checking the STRs, but also doing engram exclusions, mm-hmm. for example. So for that client, I have way more time allocated towards the experiment side of yeah. things because that's the way to grow that specific account. Yeah. So it but, differs. Yeah, that sounds like a, a logical way to go about your account as well. Like the, the foundation in that account, as you said specifically, is really solid. So then it makes sense to spend a lot of time experimenting. And do you have some examples of the types of experiments that you that you like to run? Yeah, sure. There are multiple, multiple high-level categories where you can experiment in. And within every single category, you have multiple experiments that you can run, obviously. So when we take a look at the high-level experimentations, then you can think about experimenting with your ads, That could be your responsive search ads, dynamic search ads, responsive display ads, HTML5 ads, Mm -hmm. uh, video ads. And inside of all of those ad types, you can experiment with different items or different assets, how you would like to call them. So you can swap out certain headlines, description lines, test with certain images, test with different videos, test with auto well, not kind of auto-generated videos, but the ones you create <laughs> inside of the Creative Studio yeah, yeah, yeah. versus the ones you you have from your client. So there are different ways to experiment with your ads already. Mm-hmm. You can set them up in different ways. You can you can optimize your low-performing assets and swap them out for new ones according to your ad testing backlog and the ones you have prioritized as well. But you can also add in ad variants or at variations in mm-hmm. order to split test certain headlines, for example, benefits versus features or swap out different call to actions. So there are already multiple ways you can test within the asset category only or ads and asset category. Yeah. Then you have find URLs. So I really like to test with finding URLs for my lead gen clients. It's something that I try to, to control it's something that I like to pull away from my client and pull towards myself. So I'm responsible for the whole customer journey, so to nice. say. So I want to be in control of the ads. People see the the search terms. My ads are being shown for the targets that I have set, the bidding strategies that I use, but also the URLs that people are being redirected to and what offer is being pushed towards those potential clients. And I really like to split test and optimize my landing pages right now, which is really cool to do for lead gen clients specifically, because it isn't really complicated to set up relevant landing pages. It is more complicated for e-com businesses because you have all of these products, right? And bundles and well, it has to make sense 
mm-hmm. inside of the 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 e-commerce navigation, so to say. Mm-hmm. But for services, SaaS companies, this is way easier to do, and that's mm-hmm. why I like this vertical because I can influence the whole before the click all the way to the potential conversion. Good point. And those are really, really, really high impact optimizations mm-hmm. uh, or experiments, so to say. So it's something that I try to allocate more of my time towards right now, mm-hmm. because if you were to improve your conversion rates by 25%, that's a lot. So that's a lot. That's a lot. That's so much more bidding power. And it opens up so much more volumes inside of your Google Ads campaigns, where it also opens up doors for experimenting with mid and upper funnel campaign types, because those campaign types can become, well, could have a good could have a good ROI right now Mm -hmm. because your conversion rates improved. So that's another way to to experiment with different campaign types, do additional work for your client as well. Yeah, then we have some some other categories as well. Think about campaign and ad group structures, testing with different bidding strategies and or targets, audiences, keywords, testing with offers on your landing pages. Mm -hmm. So these are some high-level categories that I like to experiment with. And there's an endless list of things you can try to experiment (laughs) with. So there's always something to do. Yeah, and that's going to be the checklist. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the checklist. That's going to be the, yeah. endless, che- uh, the endless list. <laughs> but I like how you emphasize the, the landing page optimization or CRO, whatever you want to call it. It is probably yeah. part of CRO. But that is so. it is so crucial. We've been, we've been saying it for the last year or so. Like what happens after the click mm-hmm. is probably even more important than what happens before. Or at least the same. And this is the number one skill, I think, next to mastering conversion tracking. I think the number one skill that you also need to be developing in the upcoming months and years if you want to stick out as a as a, a standout as a Google Ads specialist. Like really Definitely. own, yeah. And what you're doing now with those landing pages, you're really owning the whole infrastructure for this client, mm-hmm. which helps you drive the results that you want. Because we've seen those examples, especially in lead gen, where someone just builds a page with huge forms or you know those those kinds of mistakes. And if you control the entire landscape, then it's easier for you to drive those results. But you need to yeah. put in put in the time to actually master the craft and and be able to build those landing pages. So. <clears throat> I'm I'm really looking forward to build a a mini course for this. Maybe yeah. something that's called landing page mastery mm-hmm. or something like that. Really looking forward for that specific course yeah. because I think there's so much knowledge to be gained over there yeah. that can be utilized by a lot of Google Ads specialists that are that are stuck inside of the the app, the Google Ads interface yeah. right now. But I think the impact is being made outside of Google Ads. Absolutely. And are you using any tools? for your optimization, experimentation, etc. Yeah, so I have my big checklist with all of the regular checks, monitoring, optimization checks, but I also like to use two core tools that help me with prioritization, mm-hmm. uh, analysis, yeah. and through clicks. Yeah. Those are the two that are, I think, complementary to each, to each other. Yeah. So they have different checks, different categories. They prioritize things differently. And by combining these two tools, you can easily see where to begin your, 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 your work day with. Yeah. For example, inside of analysis, they give you a alert 
a high impact alert if they see that a specific ad group with high volume keywords that drive a lot of conversion volume is well is dropped or dropped volumes and conversion rates significantly or where the quality score dropped so those are the things that needs to be addressed immediately if you are starting to work for that specific client and you can combine these kinds of alerts or suggestions with your own master checklist so to say so that's what i like to to do yeah yeah cool so, so what i what i dis what i dislike and what i try to prevent as much as possible is to do all of the manual analytics and segmenting myself inside of my account because the tools like Adalysis and TrueClicks can do that way faster and way better than you. Mm. So they just tell you, hey, Bob, if you're going to, to, to work on this account, these are the problem areas that need needs to be addressed right now. So you do not have to find out yourself after an hour of segmenting out your, your weekly performances on ad group level, keyword level, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And since there's, you know, not everything always goes as planned with, with experimentation, <laughs> with optimization. Yeah. Is there any example that you can share from something that didn't go according to plan and, and what did you do to, to change that, to pivot? I think a recent example was within a, an e-com account that I had where we tried to transition from a revenue-based ROAS bidding strategy to a profit-based mm. ROAS strategy. Yeah. So essentially from ROAS to POAS, if you would like to call it that way. Yeah. And it completely backfired. Uh -oh. So during the transition phase, we saw our volumes drop dramatically and we tried to do our best to ramp up the volumes right after the transition. But we really couldn't, couldn't get the volumes on target anymore, at least on the targets that we were running prior to the transition. Mm. So after two weeks, we decided to revert back to the revenue-based strategy. And we decided to use the profit on ad spend metrics as a secondary, yeah. well, conversion just for insights yeah. to decide what kind of ROAS target would be applicable for certain categories mm. and certain campaigns. So that completely backfired, unfortunately. Yeah. So I've had four transitions in the past and from the other three transitions it worked like a charm mm. and of course we had like a dip mm -hmm. when we transitioned from ROAS to POAS but then everything went went back to normal and we got traction again but for this specific case yeah it backfired and the client became a little bit anxious like mm, yeah. is this going is this going in the, in the right direction or not should we refer it I'm missing a lot of revenue so yeah I, I agreed with him and I, I said well let's go back mm. yeah 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 there you you see that it doesn't always go according to nope. the books so nope. Nope. that's nope. when you nope. need to know what to do when it when shit hits the fan <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, sometimes it, it's just as simple as just reverting the the stuff you did yeah and do you how do you align your google ads optimizations with your broader marketing or business objectives or of your clients and of course so I try to find a good balance between in-app optimizations because, because, well, in the end of the day, we are all Google Ads specialists. So that's where we go at. But if I sense that my job is almost done inside of the app, 
so inside of Google Ads, and the optimizations and the experiments left aren't really impactful anymore. That's when I try to transition towards the more broader optimization, and that's mm-hmm. when I try to to incorporate a lot of Lemmy page testing, a lot of zero ideas, a lot of ad testing ideas, even crafting better offers for my clients. So that's when I try to transition away from, well, the simple stuff, or at least it's simple, simple for us now, but the general optimization checks that you tend to do as a Google Ads specialist. Yeah. And that's something that you have to do from your gut feeling, I think. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you feel starting off with an account that everything is running streamlined like a well-oiled, well-oiled oiled machine. And if you have two or three secular months with the same feeling, you really have to start thinking about incorporating broader optimizations that are outside of Google Ads. Otherwise, people will start to question your, your added value yeah. as well. And that's something that you do not want to, to risk, at least yeah. nothing that I would like to risk. Yeah, absolutely. You always want uh, to make imp- uh, impact. Yeah. yeah. All right, so to wrap it up, do you have any advice for anyone starting out in Google Ads and looking to refine their optimization process? Or maybe mm-hmm. even what advice would you give yourself when you started out in Google Ads regarding the optimization process? So when, when I started out as a freelancer, I really didn't properly document all of the things that I did inside of an account and all of the stuff that needed to be done. So I just said to my clients, hey, this month I'm going to optimize some regular some regular stuff and I'm going to allocate my time towards regular optimizations, like excluding irrelevant search terms, like performing an engram analysis, like adding, creating new ad groups based on some new interesting search terms that I found. But these were basically, well, decided on during the meetings or during the the contact I had with my clients. And right now I have a really structured optimization experimentation roadmap for the next couple of 90 days. So the next couple of three months, so to say. So I know what I'm going to do and what I'm going to prioritize and what time is left for, well, specific wishes from my clients or specific experiments that we would like to perform or maybe one-off high-impact improvements like advanced conversion tracking implementations. So I can instantly see, oh, next month we have other things prioritized already. So that specific wish can be addressed over two months because we've prioritized other things right now. And that really gives you a a, a calmness (laughs) that drops your stress levels it increases your productivity because you know what you're going to address and what you're going to work on when you're going to open the account and when you have these specific hours planned for your specific clients. So that's something that I didn't had in the first year or first two years. And I really have refined that specific part right now. So if you're just starting out, make sure to create a extensive planning for yourself that is reasonable given the amount of hours you can allocate towards your client, incorporate optimizations according to the three core categories. So you address not only regular optimizations, but also experiments and high impact one-off improvements. So do not only do the simple stuff, but also incorporate 
potentially high impact experiments, for example, and give everything its own chance and its own time and know what you're going to address the next time when you open the account. Yeah, that's some really solid tips. And then you share the roadmap, you share the optimization yeah, plan that you have, you share that with your clients, right? Yeah, yeah. so every quarter, at least for my uh, bigger clients, I tend to have a quarterly meeting yeah. where we prioritize the next quarter and also look back at the previous quarter in terms of results. We take a look at the specific campaign types, specific categories, services that, uh, that we ran ads for, uh, what worked, what worked, what didn't work, mm -hmm. what needs attention, where do we see big drops because of maybe external factors, how can we prepare for those kinds of things in the next quarter, what's coming up. So it's almost Q4, Black Friday, Cyber Monday is coming up. So when are we going to create offers? When is the deadline for, for well, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday landing pages? When do we have to, when do we have, when do we need to have the Black Friday, Cyber Monday specific sale ads inside of our account? How are we going to make sure that everything runs buttery smooth? So what types of automation are we going to use? Automatic rules, scripts, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's a great moment to look back at the things that, that you did and what you're going to do and prioritize in the next quarter. And that really, really, really gives you a great overview of what needs to be done and gives you a great sense of rest. Yeah, nice, cool. So there you have it, guys. If this won't help you structure your optimization process, then I don't know what will. Well, the optimization checklist will. Yeah, that will help you. <laughs> but it's not, it's not launched yet. Yeah, it's, um, uh, for, for the PPC hub first. For the PPC hub, exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening, watching. If you have a question for us, please head over to ppcmastery.com slash podcast. And there you can submit a question for us to answer during these episodes. And yeah, please subscribe if you like it, share it with someone that might find this valuable. And until then, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.